I'm sitting in this room with some strangers. They're about to break down while we watch. Up in this room with some strangers. Well, welcome to the show today, Black History Matters 365 podcast. So happy to have you in with us today. We have an exciting guest today that I'm really, really just so happy to know more about and also to just support because he is a beautiful young Black male that's doing some major things in the music industry and also in the film industry. So happy to have you join us today. The music scene today is definitely different than it was in the past. And even five to 10 years ago, (laughs) it is different. So many new artists are being unearthed with unique abilities and sounds that represent so much of the present day with edge and reality. There's a gifted young artist we have today that is carving his path in the music scene in a multifaceted way quickly with song, songwriting, instrumentalists, producing, I can go on and on and film all in one from the start, really from the start of his career. We are honored to have Brian Taylor from Nashville, Tennessee with us today. How are you today, Brian? I'm great. I'm very good. Excellent. I'm doing really well. I'm excited to see you here today. So our audience is going to get to know someone really special because I had an opportunity to know your family too. I'm your mother, at least, and we are good friends. But I know they're just going to be excited to hear you today. And before we jump into that, I really want to actually read a little bit, just a small bio about who you are. And and really say two quotes that I thought was really interesting from your information. One quote from A&R Factor, they said something about your music that I think is important, that is, it has stunning grooves fall in seamlessly with memorable melodies and heartfelt lyrics with a unique touch. I love that. Wow, seamlessly with memorable, melodies. And that's so true. When I was listening to it, I heard that. And then our ex songs, Rachel Wynn, she says, a master of his craft, a phenomenal songwriter, vocalist, drummer, and performer, which that's that multifaceted, you know, taking place there. And when I think of you bringing your uniqueness, Brian, I think of artists, not only in the past, but some artists present day as well. But I immediately think of Michael Jackson, Prince, all those those two artists who had everything. I mean, they brought everything to their music. And yes. that's who yeah. I think of with you, which I think is really, really cool. Big, so you should be honored. <laughs> no, I, I have heard that one. That's that's big right there. Yeah, yeah. And just think about it. They brought just like you, they were multifaceted, and that's what made them unique and stand mm-hmm. out apart. And they did the whole, they did like you, the film and all of it. Their songs were chosen for unique situations. A little bit more about you that stands out is you're an <laughs> R&B songwriter. You actually go as that and singer and rapper. A lot of people do. <laughs> and you've been working hard in Nashville, Tennessee for many years. 
Now, the Nashville School of Arts, you're a Nashville School of Arts alum, alum, mm-hmm. and a one time, I love this member of a boy band called Contagious. <laughs> yes, Contagious. Yes. Now, you just signed um, with Prescription Songs last year, right? With an yes, incredible catalog. Mm-hmm. Incredible yeah. catalog, um, which is growing constantly. And that's what's been putting you on the scenes. Now, there's one and you also signed recently with management. I talked to Zach, Zach yeah. and um, yeah. Eric. <laughs> yeah. At, um, let's see, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y management. Love that. <laughs> Right, I don't right, right. understand for it, but it is cool. <laughs> it, it's, it's it's weird for me to pronounce too, but it's like Syzygy. 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 Oh, yeah. okay. So it's Syzygy. almost like synergy, but it's yeah, Syzygy. It okay. Uh-huh. I have to make sure I say it correctly. I'm like, <laughs> Got to get that right, right? Slow down. down. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. So lastly here, what's been really drawing some attention is this one song called Strange Rooms. And I definitely mm. want you to talk about that because it's been featured in Next film the series yeah. uncorked and also in other placements include acc network fox sports and cbs series which i love the oh, equalizer yeah. with queen latifah so we're yeah. going to want you to talk about all that and your love for songwriting but without further ado we're going to jump into um, the interview those are all the wonderful things and i can say more about you um we'll jump into the interview and it's you know just get to know um your life your music and your impact so the first question is simply tell us about who you are your journey and how it led you to where you are today well i've always done music i've always loved it i don't know why but it's always been a a, something that i've just wanted to do so i grew up playing the drums like my whole life and I never wanted to do anything else but play the drums. I just wanted to, I thought singing in front of people was weird. So I would never even, I would sing in the shower, but I would never really take it serious at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Like I was just a drummer. So, you know, little old me, I'm I'm in elementary school and I'm in middle school. I started going to like an arts middle school and I was playing the drums in the band there, uh, like all four years, fifth through eighth grade. And I ended up going to high school National School of the Arts, where I had the audition to get in. I, started, I was playing the drums there. It was my thing. I actually started like playing for different gospel artists around the city. Like my name was kind of starting to get out as a drummer. So I was really going to churches. I was playing at churches. I was playing with different gospel artists. I was, you know, just really, really trying to get my name out there as that guy. Um, but I was young. I was like 17. And um, at the time, a lot of my friends that I went to high school with, they were really uh, starting to do music out of nowhere. And it was a thing to me, you know, because I was around music. So I've been in the studio. I've been around like that kind of equipment and that kind of vibe. But once again, not my thing for real, for real, you know, but um, it was kind of there because I sung in the shower a lot. I sang in in my my downtime a lot. It's just something I did. But when my friends started taking it serious, it made me look at it differently. It made, it made me look at it like, oh, that's something I could truly do. Like, I can do that. You know, I can write music. I can sing. I can kind of rap a little bit. I play around, but it was something for real. And the more they got into it, like, they got better. And it really inspired me to to start kind of singing and rapping. And so I started rapping around, like, 11th grade, 
started, you know, showing my friends I could rap. And uh, one of my friends ended up telling me that he was like, ah, that rap, you know, it's, it's kind of trash, man. It's not really that good, you know. Basically, in so many words, he told me that the nicest way he possibly could. And it, like, crushed me. And I was like, all right, bet. You know what? I'm just going to start singing. So, like, my 12th grade year is when I really just started kind of singing i was singing a lot i had joined this pop ensemble pop ensemble was where everybody that if you wanted to sing a pop song whatever was popping at the time or it could be uh country or it could be r&b it could be anything that was you know 2012 whatever's on the radio right now you can sing it in this class so you got the band behind you guitars trumpets whatever you need background singers it was a whole it was a whole shebang so I really wanted to be in the band because it was just something that from ninth grade to about 11th grade, I was seeing this band, you know, go on field trips and perform. And I was like, I want to play the drums in this band. So I joined the band in 11th grade. I was there 12th grade as well, but they were lacking one singer. And uh, they asked me, since I was starting to sing around school, they somebody asked me, hey, would you want to be the fourth singer? You know, maybe you could just switch on and off the drums. I was like, yeah, cool. I can do it. I was nervous. I was so nervous. I didn't, I never, this is something I didn't want to do. Like, this is the opposite of what I wanted to do. It was just slowly changing. And I said, yeah, because I just wanted to try it. And so nervous, started learning the choreography and singing background. And, you know, they gave me a solo one day and I had to perform it. I had to go in front of the crowd and perform it. And it felt different, you know, when I got to be in front of the crowd. I actually got to hold the mic and be in control of, kind of everything that's happening you know everybody's watching you at that moment everybody's watching you so you got like, a taste of stardom a little bit i got a taste of stardom right then and i was like i didn't want to go back after that you know um so moving forward like my dad he was into music he played the bass and he wanted a studio so he ended up buying all the studio equipment building his own studio studio kind of fell through so he brought all the studio equipment to the house Around the same, it was like 11th, 12th grade. He brought all the studio equipment to the house, had it in the garage, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, you're crazy. You brought it to the wrong house. This is the wrong house to bring it to. So I brought everything upstairs, locked myself in my room, and I just started recording all the time. All the time I started recording, like whatever. I wasn't really that good or anything, but, you know, I just started doing whatever I could, you know, getting my cousin to help me mix it and engineer it, whatever I could do. And, um... I think later on that year, I joined a I joined a talent show and I ended up getting honorable mission. I didn't win. It was the NCAA, uh, it was the NCAA talent show. So it was national. So I made it to nationals and everything, made it all the way to Texas from Nashville, made it to Texas. Um, and playing the drums. I was playing the drums. I was still playing the drums right after I graduated. So I made it all the way to nationals, playing the drums in this competition. I didn't win, but I got honorable mention and they gave me a laptop. They gave me a MacBook. I really wanted a MacBook. So, you know, once again, I was on team because I know what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wasn't even, I wasn't yes. to the drums anymore. It was just something that I was good at at that moment. I wanted to get home and record. So I took the MacBook, got home, started recording immediately. Like just getting better and better. And uh, over the years, uh, you know, I was in the group for a little bit. But while I was in the group, I was constantly recording but i was still learning the music industry being in the group you know i joined the group just because of one of those members that were in my pop ensemble he asked me he's the same member asked me to be in the group with him and it was this big group that was happening it was 
a record label in London. They were they were looking for four guys, interracial, Asian, white, Dominican, black, put them all together and send them off, you know, and we, we just learned a lot in that period of time. It's like a year and a half right after high school, right after we graduated, we got signed and we started kind of traveling and performing and singing all the time, you know, working out, whatever, kind of just learning like the routine of being an artist. And, you know, when that fell through, I just kind of, uh, it was weird because I was supposed to go to college. You know, I wasn't supposed to join a boy band. That wasn't, again, that wasn't my thing. Singing wasn't my thing. So my mom was like, you going you joining a boy band? No, you're not joining a boy band. What are you? No, you're going to college. You know, so I had to talk them into Yeah, I can see your like, parents doing that. You know, she was like, mm-mm. So uh, after, like, convincing them, they let me join the group. After about a year and a half, the group fell through. But I learned so much. And I wanted to continue. And I had gotten so good at just recording because it's all I've been doing for like the last year. They didn't they didn't want us to have a job or anything. So I was still playing the drums in church and going home and recording like every day. So I was getting really, really good. So about time the group ended, I was ready to be by myself. I wanted to be by myself at a certain point. I was like, I can do this by myself. And I ended up just doing it by myself, like just putting out music with one of my friends. Like he produced the track and I would just write it and we put it out and it started catching traction. Like people just started, they started knowing who I was around the city. I would go out to the store like, are you, are you Brian Taylor? I heard your song. You know, it started being that kind of thing, you know, to the point where mm-hmm. I would look up artists all the time, just, just around anybody that's mm-hmm. popping, anybody that's big. And I would look into them, dive into them and eventually meet them, you know, on a fluke. I would, I would meet them. So the more people I was meeting, the more they were thinking, yo, he's dope. I want to work with him. And I would work with them. And they would introduce me to other people that I needed to meet, which eventually kind of led up to me, you know, meeting one of my uh, good friends nowadays. His name is Tim Gent. But I met Tim Gent at a show uh, a few years ago. And uh, he was really, really popping at the time. Like, for real, somebody I, I already knew who he was. Mm-hmm. So I was excited that I even got the show with him. I was like, I got a show with Tim Gent. And went down there killed the show and after the show he walked up to me and he was like yo you dope i want to work with you and i'm tripping i'm like i can't believe this is happening like this is dope okay just somebody i needed to meet and you know our relationship just kind of like he ended up moving into my house a couple years later like we ended up being roommates and you know he his team really like took me in his family and really started trying to see what they can do for me you know helping me out in different ways so i'm touring with them and now I'm, you know, I'm on, a, I'm on a stage performing in front of CeeLo Green and Goody Mob and, and you know, like, yeah, all of a sudden awesome. get bigger, you know <laughs> what I mean? And they were looking up different ways that they can uh, get their music out there. It ended up um, going, getting some meetings with publishing companies around Nashville and mm-hmm. went into a meeting and played some music and ended up playing one of my songs while they were in there, you know, and before they can even leave out the lot. They're calling me, yo, can we get you to come up here and uh, play some music for us? So, yeah. So I said, yes, of course, because I had been looking for a similar situation to get out of my job so I could just do this full time. And, you know, went up there, played some music and it took about they, they took a liking to me. So it took about six, seven months and they offered me a deal. Uh, offer me a publish, publishing deal, which is the craziest thing that could have ever happened. You know, I'm all these years, it, that, that was a long time. So from 17, 18 to about 24, 
I was, uh, or 25 rather, I was, you know, constantly just trying, trying, trying different things, different things, but meeting new people and always wanting to get better, like every day, just wanting to get better. How can I get better? And not really blaming anybody or anything going like my success rate. I was just kind of going with it and knowing that I had to get better all the time to be seen or be noticed or be different. It had to be something that I was doing. So to be noticed finally, you know, from for, for a publishing deal or a record deal or anything, you know, was really dope to me. So I finally got to sign a deal and, you know, started started from there. Like now we're here. So now you've sprung into this music career that's absolutely incredible. And you don't know where it's going, but you like where it's going, right? <laughs> I, I love where it's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's so interesting. Here it is. You started loving drums and playing drums as a young child and sticking with that, but singing in the shower to being on stage. And now your music is in movies or films or series. How wild is that for you? <laughs> it's so weird. Honestly, I think about it. I thought about it the last time I saw like one of my songs on TV and it was kind of like, I can't believe that this what? is happening for real. You know, like it just, it seems fake. You know, mm -hmm. like that doesn't happen. Like it's like somebody saying they met Michael Jackson, like, or you meet Michael Jackson. It's like I met Michael. Like Michael seems fake. Um, honestly, it doesn't. That doesn't happen. You know, right? So right. When it on like a commercial or a big movie, or it's like I can't believe that it works. Because usually, you know, growing up, I didn't mm -hmm. listen to soundtracks and I wasn't paying attention to the music that was in a movie or a TV series. I'm just watching. Yeah. You know, not noticing like. If somebody's really excited about their music being behind this scene right here, you know, like somebody really got paid for this 15 seconds. So, you know, getting older and actually being introduced to that world is crazy to me. I'm like, I can't. And you see that it's really real. It's, it's like, real. It's a it's real thing. I mean, thing. that's what's so excited about having you here because not many people have followed that real path you know, in the music industry lately. Yeah. It's always, you know, I know this person and I'm getting, and they're getting there too quick because they come mm -hmm. down so quick. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. actually seeing you from, you know, just a child wanting it and growing into it, even with the boy band and just growing into your music career, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see that. That's why I wanted you on here, because it's very rare this day and time. And that says a lot. I do believe that's unique, very unique. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you see your position in that. And that's why that management company and that publishing company signed you. This is very rare. Yeah. Now, yeah, you... I mean, to the point where now your numbers are beautiful. I was looking at the packages, 1 million streams on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud, you know, together. That's that's pretty amazing. That and uh, and then 10,000 plus social media followers, which I'm pretty sure that has increased, you oh, know, <laughs> are increasing. increasing. Now, with the song Strange Rooms. So, I want you to talk about that because I looked at the video and, you know, I, I love the freshness about it and the realness about it of just sitting there with a group of friends 
and you guys are actually playing video games and you're, you know, having your drink. It's it's just very real. And I think that's why people connected to it, too, because of what you did with the video with it as well. So talk about that. I believe that's why it's on TV. the funny thing about Strange Rooms is it it was always been one of my favorite songs. It wasn't a song that I ever thought would get picked up in anything. It was just one of my songs. So I put it out and me and my homie, me and my the guy that produced it, we had a bet. It was, yo, this song hits 10,000 plays. You got to put out an album yourself. And that was, talk, that was me talking to my producer. I told him, mm. you got to put out. And that's really because it was far-fetched. You know, it was far-fetched. We both Knew it was far fetched, so we didn't. But you put the police out there. You put it out there. Put it out there. We said ten thousand plays, and you have to do your own project. Needless to say, he has to do his own project. But um, (laughs) at the time, you know, uh, put it out. Thought it was dope. Ended up putting a video to it that I really had to kind of throw together, and you know, get as many people at at my house as possible, and get them to park in different areas and drive everybody back to their cars and from their car. I was doing so much that day. I was everybody that was in the video. I drove them. I drove down to a parking lot to get them and drove them back and then drove them back to their car. And I was I was valet and I was clean up. Doing you were that. doing everything. I was doing everything <laughs> just to get that video to work. So I couldn't even change my clothes. So I just kind of sat down and we just started shooting the video and uh, I think like maybe a year later, which the song was doing well on its own. It did really well, uh, way better than I thought. But um, my it was my first Netflix placement and Netflix hit me up themselves and they asked me, they just emailed me one day and it would have been when I've been looking up publishing deals and I was looking up placements and how to get my, my song in a movie and all this and kind of at that point where you just kind of let it go, you're just doing your own thing and it, it, it follows you somehow, you know, mm-hmm. and it followed me to the point where they're like, yo, we want to use your song for this new movie that's coming out next year. Uh, what do you think? I'm like, I was screaming. I was screaming. I was screaming. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening right now. Without me saying anything, I didn't, I, I anything, I, I just wanted to say yes right then. I didn't care how, how much money. I didn't want to negotiate. I didn't want to lose the opportunity. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I didn't care. I was like, take it. Do what you need to do. You don't have to yes. anything, but um, <laughs> you know the movie came out and then the song went crazy. So it's at like ninety thousand plays now. He owes me wow. ten. He owes me ten projects. <laughs> what? <laughs> so <laughs> so it's at like ninety thousand plays now. After the movie came out, it just skyrocketed. Like and it's been out for maybe a year and a half or two at that at that point. And so you never know what can happen with any songs with that taught me. It's like mm-hmm, okay, I have a song out for four years and then one day, boom, it's your it's your most played song out of nowhere. And like that being the last song that I ever thought would be on that level is what's crazy to me. Like the one that's in the movies, the one that's got all the view, has my most views on YouTube. It has like the, my most listens. It's crazy to me, but I love it because. <laughs> It's one of my favorite songs that I didn't think people would really catch on to, but people love it now. And I just know that word of mouth is crazy, you know? So yeah. It's, so it's the best kind of marketing. Word of mouth is the oh, best yeah. marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. You land a movie or something and people just shazam in the song. And I'm not noticing how many people do that. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. They all look it up. And I don't know, it feels amazing, like, just to have my song in a movie. And it's not one of my favorite, or not one that I thought would be a favorite, be mm-hmm. a favorite. You know, and that feels and really us good. not even knowing that you were pay- playing all those roles of taking people from the parking lot <laughs> oh, yeah. and all that to get the video done. Yeah. So, wow, yeah, cleaning up, <laughs> moving everything around, cleaning the vision, it, it, everything. I did it all that day. I couldn't believe myself. They always but say I'm, hard, I, work, hard yeah, work pay off. <laughs> all that to this day, like I'll do anything to make the video work and make people comfortable. So. That's awesome. And and that sounds like you understand the work you have to put in in order to move forward. And um, a lot of people don't understand. A lot of artists don't understand that today. So I appreciate that you say that. (laughs) And then you really get that from your parents, I would think, Um, because when I interviewed your mom, we were talking about Thompson Holdings, because how Mm -hmm. they invested back into your future. How does that feel? To have your parents behind you and investing back in your future and making sure that you stay solid and continue to move forward. I love it. I think that a lot of, you know, how do I say this? I think that people don't know how to support, you know, sometimes. You you support, but you don't know exactly what you should do that's going to truly help or inspire or, you know, get somebody to really get on their feet and start to move. It's just kind of like, I see what you're doing and I'm like it. And my parents were kind of like that for the longest because we've always been just motivated and I've always just wanted to do something. Like, that's just me. I just wanted to play and be a musician. I want to go on stage. I, mm-hmm. They're not going to force me to go do anything. Like I'm that guy. I'm just going to do it. So I'm pretty sure they've looked at me and my sister like, okay, like what they're doing. We want to help out how we can, you know, because we were never asking for like help. It's just mm-hmm. like, can you let me do this? Just let me do this. And like, okay. But it's never like a, a financial situation where I needed them to help me fund anything ever. Everything just kind of happened for me, like on the outside. They're like, how? You know, they're, they're, they're like, what? I would come back and tell them I'm in a group. They're like, why? What are you talking about? This is so random. Everything was random to them. So, you know, I, I'm glad that they kind of found a way to kind of stick with us, keep up, because now we have monthly meetings. You know, we, we all just kind of come together and talk, see where everybody's at, what's what's been going on for the last two months, where your goals and what have you hit, what do you need help hitting, you know, if you need, what do you need funding for, anything like that. Uh, or, you know, what's a smart strategic way to do this idea or that idea, uh, anything. It's just a, a place where we can come and just lay out all our ideas and let loose and say yes or no and and it's a family environment, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like a lot of families talk about their careers, you know, with their family or like their ideas and really get feedback. I think that that's super dope. I think, you know, I'm I'm glad that they really just latched on, you know, it feels comforting, honestly. That's so great. And, I, you know, when I promoted um, your mother and sister on that and promoted a whole Thompson Holden, I was saying, what a great template for the Black family today mm-hmm. in supporting their children and also keeping their family as a knit, because yeah. I can see that with you guys. And and you're right, not a lot of people are doing that. They just want you to go do it and we'll catch up later. 
But there's they were saying, no, we want to be a part of that. And this is how we can stay together. I love it. It's yeah. just incredible what you all are doing. So it doesn't surprise me you're saying I love being with them because the way it's set up. So kudos to you all for that. And just just a beautiful thing. I think it's beautiful. Now, this music career um, with Strange Rooms led you to, and um, we'll move on to the Black history part, but it led you to um, the Equalizer, um, Queen Latifah. What did that feel like? And, and, you know, I know everybody's asking you the question. Did you meet Queen Latifah? You know, Uh, (laughs) I win. Yeah, most of the time that doesn't happen, but I know you wish. But what did that feel like? I mean... I know everything else, but that had to be like one you screamed on too. <laughs> uh, unreal, unreal. It's all unreal. You know, anytime yeah. I guess it's happened a couple times now, but you know, really like I think that that being like a trailer was bigger than uncorked, you know, for me. So it was like Queen Latifah and boom, yeah. boom, bow, and I'm the person singing. It's like the, the commercial. Oh my God, you know, that was different. That was way different mm-hmm. from uh, just it being in the movie. You got to kind of search for it and listen and wait, you know. Um, this, like the Queen Latifah was super amazing to me. I feel like, you know, I'm just going to, the more I get uh, placements, I'm just going to start relaxing more and more and more. But uh, for, for me to have a Queen Latifah placement or just be able to say mm-hmm. that, I don't know. I'm lost for words, you know. <laughs> Could you imagine a collaboration, a hip hop collaboration oh. with her? <laughs> because see, you're doing collaborations. That's another part of you coming up with your music as the K-pop superstar. I was reading that in your bio. There's collaborations going on, you know, mm-hmm. beyond that. Your gentleman friend who was living, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. different people and different producers and you know for for that song it, it wasn't anybody that I, I had worked with in like previous time it was somebody that i met through zoom like this on like a hmm. uh, in a camp you know we were in like a camp for kind of uh dramatic theatrical music and that's the kind of music that they made and, hmm. um, yeah so it was different i never truly met the guys that i made the track with i only like recorded and we went back and forth through this camp for a few months, honestly. We were kind of just shooting ideas back and forth and finally landed on something and boom, it's on the equalizer. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> so dope. Like, but I think I think it's cool to just be able to work with anybody, get to do anything. Like sync just period kind of opens up your mind to just be anybody you want to be. And mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's what that song did for me. It was my first time doing something on that level. Uh, you know, in that genre. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was crazy. Well, that's so awesome. Um, I know with every step like that, it takes a team. And um, from management to, you know, your publishers, you know, to family, all of that. Um, When it comes to your management and publishers, do you feel that you're blessed to have people like that to support you? (laughs) I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I I think it's... uh, I think it's it's different for me to have like some some somebody to kind of rely on or have to get the go from. I got to call and, you know, hey, can I? Hey, what do y'all think about it? It's that's that's the different part. But I think having people behind you that believe in you and they're your team 
like they kind of do what you do they follow what you have going on is incredible because like i said like everything is just awesome having somebody believe in you and they want to be on your team and you know what do you need to do today brian okay this is what we're doing today this is what we need to do to grow your following this is what we need to do to this how many videos you need to put out this is how many views you need and getting into these meetings and just noticing that everybody in the room is there on account of you and it's big it's like we're seven deep now it's been just me and my friend in a room for so long and you know, ending up in a room with a lot of people that they're unfamiliar faces. They're not people that you really know, but they're really taking a hold on to your career. They really believe in you. And I think the biggest part is just noticing that people truly believe in me, you know, mm. they're truly on my team. And that's crazy. It's like, I can't believe that I have a team, a team, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a team. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is so and that's what makes things successful because we really do nothing on our own we need people to help us move forward and i and i see you're embracing that you will go far because of that long (laughs) i'll never like deny some help you know if you want to help out like i'm gonna see what you got see what you got Mm. just steal from me or take you know we can we can talk i just want to I just want to build. I know a lot of people are, they're afraid to sign deals and they're afraid to get management, but I think we're in a day and age where you can really negotiate. We forget that we can negotiate and talk our way through something. We don't have to just stop at the first, y'all want to offer you a deal, sign with me. It doesn't have to be like, nah, 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 nah. Mm-hmm. It can really be, let's talk about it. You know, let's sit down, let's actually have a conversation about it and let's see what we can do. So I, I feel like a lot of people kind of shun the idea of having a team because they're so scared of just, you know, somebody just taking advantage of them, yeah, taking, taking advantage of the situation and, you know, just thinking that it stops right there with that one conversation. But I want to let people know that it, it's OK to jump into the conversation and get yourself a team, but understand that you can really rewrite the situation. And If they really believe in you, then they won't care. You know, they truly see what you see the value in you. It just doesn't matter. They'll do whatever they have to do to make it work for themselves, obviously, but to really make sure that you're happy and comfortable. You know, so that's kind of what I've learned. over. That's good tips. That's very good tips for artists that are out there and moving forward themselves. Very good tips. Now, I want to shift a little bit and um, focus a little bit on Black history and how important, actually, really how important that is, not only to you as a a Black young male, um, but your music. Mm -hmm. How important is keeping the history alive and moving forward and, and, you know, set to your music? How important is that? Well, in Nashville, you know, it's more country-based. You know, it's more pop based. So I want to make sure that we as black people still stand out. You know, we still have uh, uh, something to say. You know, it's not really uh, anything that's in the music industry with like, especially, and I'm, I'm, I have to speak on Nashville because it's not mm-hmm. oversaturated with country music. And it's, but we were built on, you know, uh, Music City being uh, from the Jubilee Singers at Fisk, you know, so we forget that that is actually a thing and people don't know that oh we can go have uh coffee or you can go have tea with these different publishing companies black people don't know that we don't know that we can go down and knock on the door or make a phone call and just have a meeting with them we don't we don't know that that is possible you know and that's just what i've learned being there they're like yo we just need people to come knock on the door 
talk to us. There's people that come talk to us all the time, but I think that's a, a lack in the black community is that we don't know that, you know, this is something that I want to, I want to spread. I want to shed light on that. Like it's, mm. it's open, you know, it's, it's an open business. Like they're open to hear hip hop and R&B because in this day and age, hip hop and R&B is the leading source of music. You know, it was rock and roll and blues for a second, but now it's hip hop and R&B. So you have all of these record labels and publishing companies, independent labels, whatever you want to call it, looking for hip hop and R&B talent, which would be the black community, you know? And, you know, so I want to keep that alive that we have the actual key you know we have the key to the music industry right now and we can take over we have to keep we have to keep on making music we have to keep on believing in ourselves and have the conversation don't be afraid stand out go talk you know uh, that's that's what i want to do i don't really talk about black history in my music or anything but mm-hmm. i but i definitely you know want to be a voice or you know a vessel for some for someone or something you know because in all essence, you are black history, yes. you know, you are because you're a black male and you're living it. You actually don't have to talk about it in your music because you embrace it the way you're yeah. saying it now. You're trying to carve that path for people yeah. to trust, you know, what comes from the black community. I love that. Oh, That's yeah. so great. Now, with so much racial injustice going on today. Um, and you don't have to speak on this long, but just racial injustice in general. What is your thoughts on that? And and how is that? How are you going to embrace that to change our culture? What are some ideas you think would help to change our culture, our community, when it comes to racial racial injustice? Honestly, I think that it's just the conversation. A lot of things are just conversation, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really talking to the people that don't understand. You know, I have a lot of white friends that they ask questions. Some of them don't. Some of them don't understand and they will fight on that. But uh, it's still just not getting offended and understanding that, yo, this person was not, they did not grow up like we grew up. They saw something totally different and they were taught differently. You have to kind of reteach that. Even with Mm -hmm. my friends that are in interracial relationships, they have kids now and kind of seeing like the difference of how they both raised the child. It's like, you know, one doesn't think like, oh, black people need this and that. They're, they're kind of like, I grew up white, so I don't understand what's going on. But they need to understand how to raise their child, you know, in their black child, rather. They have a black child that they're raising, so they have to understand that, you know, they're not going to be treated like you are, you know. And I think that, so, yeah, that's what I think. I think, like, the conversation has to change and we can't be scared to have the conversation. People can't be they have to be receptive of it as well, but we have to come to an understanding that it's just not right. You know, it's it's flat out not right. No racial injustice is right. It's nothing that you could say to to make it right, to make it make sense. Cause no a lot of a lot of just random crimes don't make sense. And, right. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like if those don't make sense, how can we make sense of just, you know, killing someone or you know, just being being thrown in jail for 40 years, you know, without having any kind of priors. You know, it, it's not right. Mm-hmm. So I'm here. I want to make a change. One of my friends is in jail right now for 33 years on his first offense. It's kind of why I even bring that up. It's like I'm working. I, I really have gotten to this level. I'm taking my music so seriously, I think, because in the back of my mind, I want to get him out of jail. 
Mm -hmm. Somehow I want to get him out of jail. So it it really trips me out that I've gotten this far. You know, he sees me. He's kind of like, this is crazy. I can't believe that you're doing all this. And at the end, whenever he messages me, I'm kind of like, I'm doing this for you. (laughs) I've literally said that from the beginning. You know, I want to get you out of there. So it's not, I don't think it's right. You know, I don't think it's right at all. Those are just situations that kind of affected me where I could see like firsthand, you know, this isn't, this isn't cool. And, you know, we got what an inspiration. That's an inspiration for him. Although he's in jail. Awesome. I hear you saying the conversation is going to change our community. Yes. Was that because our community is no longer just black, you know, it's, you know, (laughs) it's mixed. And like you're saying, you have friends who are, have interracial relationships and marriages and have black children. So it is yeah. our conversations. It, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we're almost at the end, but what what's in the future? I'm so excited to hear what's in the future. I know you're doing a lot of collaborations, but what's your hope for the future? <clears throat> My hope, I want to... I just, I've always just wanted to be stable. I can't lie. I've always just wanted to be stable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at this point, you know, your, your goals always get bigger. You know, every year, every time you climb, you get bigger. I started meeting a lot of people. I would say I'm like a D list right now. So I met a lot of C list, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kicking it with a lot of C list and I know they're C list because they're with the B list and the B list is with the A list. It's a pyramid, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> right now, I just I can see myself climbing up to that A list where I'm working with a Beyonce or a Jay Z or or anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see it is way more like visible. Uh, it's right in front of my face. I'm like, oh, that's not too hard to to do because just seeing how I can get on the phone and call a C list nowadays, and they can call you know your Commons or your. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, they can call them up. They can like, call that a list. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, cool. I know I'm right there where I need to be. Yes. You know, so I want to just like my goal is to like, you know, really write for a lot of movies. I want to be, I want to be in movies. I want to, um, <laughs> I want to over them. I want to, uh, write for, uh, Chris Brown and Beyonce. And, uh, yeah, I got dreams. I got, big dreams love it i love it and i can tell that in the videos you know because your videos are really great coming out of nashville and you actually um really i love too how you you um hone in on the city you show some beautiful parts of the city i think you're downtown on one of your videos i think it's communication and you're oh, yeah. downtown dancing and showing parts of Nashville. I appreciate that. Really um, embracing where you are. And oh, yeah. That's very attractive when it comes to A-listers and different people just knowing that you're real. And so that's really, really great. Appreciate that about you. But I, I, I do think that you'll be an A-list. I think you're on your way to A-list very, very <laughs> One day I'll be there. I believe in you. And, and I do. I believe you're a history maker already. Um, that's what this podcast is about interviewing the people that are history makers already, even though they don't think so. Because your impact, you know, has is doing that now. You're changing and encouraging people, you know, in your culture, in your generation, and generations to come. 
that's a history maker. And yeah. so to you, I say to you, Day, you're a history maker and I'm proud of you. <laughs> now for the end, any encouraging words for the future? Uh, I encourage everyone, uh, if you feel like you're in a place where you don't have a lot of support, I want people to remember that you have to remember yourself. Like, what can you do to better yourself? You know, if you don't feel like you're getting that support for real, for real, there may be something that you have to change and that's okay. We can change and we can get better. We don't have to blame anything or anyone. I just want everybody to know that they can always get better. You can always, you always have an opportunity that's right around the corner. You might just be like selling yourself short, you know? So just keep on pushing, keep on getting better at whatever it is that you're doing. Cause I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep on working in my craft. Like, Every single day, if I do something wrong, then I got to remember what can I do to make it right? You know, it has to be a way around it. Right. So that's my thing. My biggest (laughs) thing is letting everybody know that you have it. Just don't think that, you know, you're the best ever and you deserve all of the like you don't deserve everything right now. You do deserve it, but, you know, work for it, really work for it and really understand why you don't have it right now. And then you can really humble yourself and start over and be just cool where you are and continue to proceed but that's like that's just where that's what i think that's what i think i love it i love it on that note you've been listening to black history matters 365 with the brilliant talented and multifaceted artist bryant taylor thank you for listening today and keep listening to bhm 365